The Cross Country National Championships are upon us again. This Saturday, November 25th, Fort Henry and Kingston will play host to a day of top-notch racing featuring milers and marathoners alike. As a race companion, we've assembled a strong cast for this episode with Claire Sumner, third at this event last year, and the U-Sport champion, Clive Morgan, the race director for the meet, and commentator Steve Fleck joins us to talk about the sport and keeping things interesting. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Claire Sumner is an athlete who really shines when it comes to cross country. Taking the win at the 2016 U-Sport Championship and third at the National Championship, she has proven that she has some serious strength on her adopted home course in Kingston. So the big national championships coming up this Saturday uh, on, I guess, your new adopted home course. Um, but before we get to that, I, I do want to talk about you sports just a little bit. You came in second uh, just a couple weeks ago in Victoria, uh, your fifth year of eligibility, your, your last real, real crack at it. Uh, talk to me, how did that race go and, uh, and what were the emotions kind of after that race? Um, yeah, well, I was really happy individually with that race. Um, I kind of went into this season, uh, after last season, I came out with the win, which is pretty unexpected, but I came in this season with a little more pressure on me, but I knew it was a very deep field. Um, we had a couple more competitors, like my teammate Brandon McDougall and Sasha Gollish was in there, and um, there's just amazing athletes all over the country, so I knew it was going to be very competitive, and I was really just hoping to go in there and medal and uh, run a strong, run my own race, so... Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the course. It was really fun to be out in Victoria and, um, we took the race, we took the, uh, we, we set the pace for the whole race and I felt really strong and in control. And I actually, I've never really enjoyed leading before, but I did enjoy it this time because I felt like I was setting the pace and I was really working together with my teammate, Branna. And, um, yeah, so it was like, we just kind of, um, kept the consistent pace the whole race and were able to um, drop the rest of the field. We were kind of a group of three for the last lap and I knew I was in a medal position. So um, at that point I was pretty satisfied with the race and then I finished in second and I was very satisfied with the result there. Um, being my last race as a Queens, the cross country race as a Queens Gale, it was a pretty amazing feeling to cross the line and have accomplished my goal of getting a medal. So yeah, I left very satisfied. You know, it must have felt really, really good to uh, to even see an improvement uh, over your placing in, in OUAs, uh, you know, over the, those couple of weeks. Uh, that race went out a little bit slower, the, the provincial race. Would you say that you're more of a, you know, a fast, even even tempo sort of runner uh, versus a, a sit and kick sort of runner? I'm not a sit and kick runner at all. Um, that I've never actually been in a tactical uh, cross country race before, and I didn't really know there was such a thing as a tactical 8K. But hmm. um, that one, that one went out. It, it, I don't know how slow it was, but it felt all of us felt like the pace was pretty easy, and there was a huge lead pack at the beginning, um, and then the pace picked up in the last lap. It was a three lap race, um, and yeah, I I didn't really realize it at the time. I just I felt very lactic. It felt like it was almost a track race for me, and I don't have much like top end speed, so I got completely dropped. And I was against very good competitors, though. Um, Branna has she was amazing, and um, Christina Pozovich and Sasha Gollish, they were all incredible on the day. And um, it could have just been a bad day for me too, but I felt much more in control at the eyes I was ready like I've always been a little nervous to lead so um at OUAs I was kind of holding back and waiting for other people to make a move and I think that backfired on me because I was relying on someone else's plan and someone else's I was running someone else's race so I went into CIs or U sports with a uh, plan to run my own race and it was much more satisfying like no matter what place I finished at that one I think I would have been happy just because I had run like my plan from the beginning instead of relying on someone else. So yeah, it was definitely OUAs was a good, it was, I learned a lot about how I race, I think, and how I can run to my strengths. So I definitely, I I am a consistent, I like a consistent pace from the beginning. So the tactical did not work for me that day. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I saw a picture of you running the race last year and you were wearing a UCAC um, singlet, which makes sense because, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where you're coming from. That was that was your club back in Calgary. I see on the registration this year that you are registered under Physicult. Uh, does that mean yeah. that you will be taking a part in, in their team and hoping to defend their title? Yes, that would be that's our goal is to get the team title. Um I'm on a team uh, with Branna McDougall, Julianne Staley, and um, Clara Langley. And then we have a couple other physical runners from Queens, Molly Steer and Taylor Sills. Um, so it's a really strong group of girls. And uh, I'm just so happy to be a part of the team. Um, I, I joined physical in the summer, and I've been training with Steve now for the past four years. So it made sense for me to run for physical, and I'm I'm really excited to wear the singlet and hopefully get that team title. I think we have a good chance. So hopefully, I think everyone's going to have a great race and we're all familiar with this course. So I have high hopes. That's uh, that's one thing that's been really, really neat to watch uh, over the past uh, year or so. Just things coming together in Kingston as far as, um, I don't want to say a women's club because physical is, is much more than that, but uh, the training group that you guys are assembling right now, you have the McDougals, you have uh, you have Julianne, you have Claire, you have Cleo Boyd, you have yourself. Uh, what has it been like to, to train with that group of, you know, kind of similarly minded people? Oh, it's been pretty amazing. And um it makes i would just want to stay here we have like such a create like an amazing group and um we have a group of women who like we all can work together and we all have similar goals so um yeah i feel really lucky to because some people are training on their own and i always have someone to run with here and there's so many of us who are kind of around the same speed right now and who all are interested in the distance events um so yeah it's pretty it's a great time to be in Kingston just because we have and I think we're attracting more and more talented athletes from high school so they're building quite the running community here and I'm just so happy to be a part of it I think it'd be very hard to leave um and we keep there's like so many more things to do and our coaches believe in us which is awesome and they tell us all the things where we could potentially do in the future so yeah I'm really happy to be here and I'm grateful that I came when I did and that I'm like able to be a part of this amazing group. So is that something that, that you've thought about? I mean, uh, last year at the, at the senior nationals, you were in third place, which is, you know, a, a huge placing, uh, for sure. You've won the, the U sport, uh, you've come second in it as well too. Um, but you are leaving school next year. So I'm wondering what are the post-collegiate plans for you? Are, are you going to stick around Kingston or have you put a lot of thought into it? Um, I'm kind of waiting and I have to wait and see what happens with school plans next year. So um, ideally, I would love to stay here just because I've kind of built, like, I have my community here. I have a lot of friends um, and I love Queens and I love the running. So, and I want to see what I could do with the sport. So I would, that would be the ideal situation would be to stay here. Um, I'm going to see, I've applied to grad school. So I did apply to Queens and I've kind of applied all over Ontario and in Alberta, in Calgary and uh, Edmonton. So I think I'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, if I were not to get in anywhere at grad school, I would definitely stay in Kingston and train and um, maybe do a master's, some sort of schooling or work and train with the group. Um, and my ideal situation would be to get into school at Queens and just stay here and run and yeah, see what I could do. There's the whole idea that every single cross country course is, is really different. Um, and with that comes the whole idea of home course advantage. Uh, I know mm -hmm. the Queens team is, is out on that, that fort course, you know, probably a couple times a week for, you know, months at a time. Would you say that, that going into this, you have, you really feel like you have the home course advantage, you know, you know, every line, every, you know, rock, every, every slick area. I think so. I think it really helps to be familiar with the course. Um, we do basically all our workouts throughout the cross country season on the fort. So, and we do like the various loops. So we're very familiar with the hills and the um, the rolling hills and the um, hairpin turns. There's quite a few of them, and we like we have run up there when it's been pretty brutal weather. So 
we're we're prepared for it all i think and um yeah knowing what's coming is always very helpful i would say um i always feel better and more confident when i'm familiar with the course and you kind of know like uh what's coming you know the loop you know exactly how much longer you have left and you know when to make a move um so i definitely think there is a bit of an advantage there um I know a lot of athletes have run on this course before, but we like running on this course throughout the season, knowing knowing exactly what is coming for us. I think that gives us a big advantage. I hope so, at least. So as probably a lot of our listeners know, uh, you have spent quite a bit of time out in Calgary. Now, one one thing that I've noticed with uh, with my running friends from, from out west, uh, they like to talk about how uh, Ontario cross-country courses are nothing in comparison to the Western cross-country courses, how the Western ones are so much more difficult uh, and so much more harder. Uh, you've seen both now. Well, what's your opinion on this? Um, I've only really... I'm trying to think of all the cross-country courses in Calgary and Edmonton that I've run in. And, yeah, there's a couple other places I've run in Alberta as well. Um, I remember one high school one. It was on a ski hill so that was pretty difficult um it was like very steep hills i think the only difference i can i can remember is like maybe the steepness of the hills um like yeah they they held a lot of the races at either like ski hills like that or there was golf courses there was one in calgary there's canmore park that one's kind of rolly um yeah, i'm trying to think of edmonton ones I wouldn't say, like, compared to Ontario, I would say the fort is pretty, it's a Canadian cross-country course. It, like, kind of gives you everything, the turns, the hills, the mud. Um, so I think there are some in Ontario that are definitely easier than Alberta, but I think Alberta probably has ones that are easier than Ontario. Um, I haven't really run that many cross-country races in Alberta. There's, I've always kind of run on, there's one course I ran a lot, of races on there there's just that one standout one in high school that we had run our city championships on and that was the ski hill so i would say that one was that one stood out to me as being a exceptionally difficult one but i think the fort is provides quite a difficult cross-country course so i don't know i think i think all of canada has its um certain difficulties in all their cross-country courses i know there's some difficult also ones as well so I think it's pretty equivalent, I would say. Looking ahead to the uh, to the race on Saturday, I'm wondering if you've uh, if you've had a chance to look at uh, at the list of entrants now that uh, registration is closed. I have, yes. It's going to be a very deep field. Is that is that one of those things where you sit down with Steve or with Brand and uh, kind of discuss race strategy, or is it one of those things where you know going in what you need to do to race your best? Yeah, we usually, um, Steve and Brent, they train us to do what we can do on the day. They don't really train us to beat certain people or rely on certain people to run. We're just, we're told to race, that we're given a plan, and um, they believe in our fitness. They want us to trust our fitness and follow our own race plan. And I learned that this year a lot, to, like, trust my own instincts and race to my strengths and not to depend on other people. So I think... I'm going into this race more confident. Like everyone is a competitor. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to like think I can beat certain people. I think they're going to beat me. Every, every race is different and it's a really deep field and you never know what's going to happen. So I think if I like Steve and Brandt just tell us to, uh, race to our strengths, um, they give us a plan before, but it doesn't depend on other people you're just we just can go out there and do what we can do do what they've trained us to do and trust our fitness so i think yeah it doesn't really matter who's in the race i think i'm going to consider everyone a competitor and um race to race do what i can do and hopefully i get a good result out of that one last thing before I let you go, um, a little bit earlier this week, uh, one of our former guests on the show, uh, Alex Hutchison, posted a column uh, about the relationship between smiling and running fast. Now, I mention that because every single time I see you on the course, you always have a gigantic grin on your face. Uh, even when you cross the line, you just always seem so very, very happy. And his hypothesis was that, in fact, smiling does make you run faster. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that your smiling has made you the runner that you are today? 
Um, I think, yeah, I, I think having fun always makes you, if you're having fun with the race, then um, you do better. I, I think that's what I would say. I don't, it's never, I don't know if fun's the right word either. It's all very <laughs> difficult, but I think, um, I think it, I enjoy the sport and I enjoy the lead up to the race and I enjoy certain parts of the race. It's also certain parts of points of panic in the race too. So, um, but yeah, I think the more fun you have with it and the more that just kind of shows that you're confident too. If you're if you're happy and smiling and, um, enjoying yourself somewhat while also being very tired. Um, I think that it can help you run faster and, I think if you're crossing the line smiling but not smiling too much, you should be tired. I don't know. I think, like, if you're enjoying the whole race and the whole sport, then you want to keep going and keep training and keep racing, and I think that's what it's all about. And, um, yeah, I just – I love the, I love racing, and I train to race. So, yeah, I'm glad I look happy. Sometimes I don't feel happy <laughs> when I'm out there. So there are moments of fun and moments of panic. But, yeah, overall, I – I want to keep doing it. So you finish the race and you just want to do another one. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I look happy out there. <laughs> I am happy out there. So She's Claire Sumner. She came third in the uh, senior national race last year. She also won uh, the U sport cross country uh, national championship last year as well. Came second in the race this year. Uh, it'll be super exciting to see what she can do on the course this Saturday. Uh, you can come out, watch that race racing happening all day thanks a lot for being on the show claire really appreciate it thank you so much no details too small for clive morgan and you could probably say that's why the cross-country nationals have gone so smoothly since coming to kingston we caught clive this week between one last mow of the grass and well who really knows what so i'm talking to clive morgan right now he is among other things he is the race director at the cross-country national championships this weekend in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, Clive, we're talking on a Wednesday night, sorry, on a Tuesday night. I'm wondering, have you set up your tent? Are you sleeping on the course as of yet? No, it's not quite reached uh, reached that point. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot more little things to uh, to take care of, and I'm I'm up on the course each day, either looking at it. I was up there yesterday, and uh, it was a little bit snow covered. Nothing like it was last year. I mean, last year we were up there from Wednesday on shoveling the snow off the course because it was knee deep in in the drifts in some of the valleys so but that that's gone it was 10 degrees up on the course today it was absolutely glorious so saw a lot of people running up there today now i'll be there from thursday on i pretty much live there <laughs> you know it's it's such a good course I, i'm a big fan of it uh one thing at this time of year really really gets greasy though uh you know you, you've got just it gets really slick above that uh that table of rock underneath uh you know what are course conditions like this year um it was certainly like that the other day it's funny because there was some discussion about that on some of the uh the posts on strava and and my reply to one of them was you know and and, and actually i noticed ac had put up a, a tweet about what the weather was going to be like this weekend in kingston and it might be muddy and muddy is is relevant is it, it, it's uh you know in reference to what you're used to and muddy in Kingston is nothing like muddy in Vancouver. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, greasy is a good word for it. I mean, that's what it was like the other day up there with a bit of rain and, uh, and a lot of people up there running around on it. Um, but I think that's something that you're going to find probably, you know, this time of the year on any course, like the AO's course in, uh, in Bracebridge two weeks ago greasy would uh would would certainly be a term that you could use to describe that i mean it's the end of november chances are it's going to be wet um you know and that's that's just the way it is that's why we wear spikes so for sure and i think one of the charms of cross country is the fact that no two courses are really alike um Mm -hmm. yeah no again looking back at uh the u sport championships in uh in Victoria, that looked greasy too. <laughs> a lot wetter though. So with that, I mean, I'm I'm talking to Claire Sumner as well for this podcast, and uh, yes. the, the topic is going to come up. You know, how much does does home course advantage come into things? Uh, 
when when you're racing on your home course what what do you think do you think uh, the physical to girls and and men will will have an advantage over everyone else running on that uh... I, I think for any of the athletes from around here i mean i notice people from from smith falls athletes i follow on strava uh the guy cory turnbull up there uh, paula wilty and brockville um, people in from the Belvedere, I noticed they they come down and they run on the course. I and mean, there's something to be said for being familiar on it. I remember talking to Dylan Wikes when he raced in Guelph uh, the year he came third. And he said it was obvious that, that, you know, he was racing against, I think it was Coolset and Gillis and Watson at the time. And he said it was obvious they knew that course, like they knew tactical moves to make on that course that, that, that threw him off a little bit. So yeah, if you, if you know the course really well, I think there's always a little bit of an advantage to it. I mean, you get to train on it all the time. You know exactly, exactly what it's like. You have a very good feel for how far you've got to go from, from that turn to the next one. There's a hill in the middle, um, you know, and then there's a downhill, like it's just, it, it almost becomes second nature. So I think anywhere there is going to be a home course advantage and, Physical women have won the team title for, for the Open Women the last two years. Um, they've got a pretty good team again this year, even without Cleo Boyd. And, uh, you know, they're going to be challenged certainly by the, one of the London teams, uh, um, the UTTC team. I don't know. I haven't looked through to see what else, who else in there actually has teams in the event. But, uh, you know, can physical make it a, a three-peat? We're going to find out on Saturday, but it's, it certainly, it certainly can't hurt that it's their home course and they've, they've got two on the line. They're defending. That doesn't hurt either. And of course, this is also for the $2,000 prize from, from run Ottawa that they, uh, they're generously donating to each team. So that's, that's, uh, that, 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 that'll get them going. You know, uh, registration has closed now. Um, I'm wondering, have you taken a look at the fields? Uh, registration is closed for the championship races. If people want to run in the community race, then that that's still open. It is till Thursday. So, sorry. Oh, gotcha. Have you taken a look at the at the fields? Uh, have you seen any any names that that you're really excited to see there? Um, there's a few that uh, that I know that are missing that I was kind of hoping. I I was hoping maybe Mike Tate might be back. Um, I had heard rumors that uh, that Ross Proudfoot was was injured. Um, you know, I would like to see Lanny Marchand back in that mix. Um, Thomas Toth as well. So there's a few people I was kind of hoping would be there. Um, it's going to be great to have Eric Gillis out. He hasn't run on this course before. Reed's run on it a couple of years ago. Um, and and mostly, you know, I, I look at the open teams and a few of the juniors because when you get down into the the junior ranks and the youth ranks. I honestly don't really know a lot of the competitors. I did when my kids were in high school and running. I knew some of the names, but my my kids have graduated university now, so I'm far removed from from that age group. And I honestly don't really know much about the uh, the competitors. I I recognize some of the names, you know, like Tyler Dozy from uh, from BC and and Hannah Benison and and of course the local kids, but. The ones that, that have done well in the past, their names stand out because I saw them. But for the most part, I don't really know what's going on down in the, the youth and junior ranks. But, but the open races look to be, um, they look to be uh, pretty good, pretty strong fields for both men and women this year. It's nice to see Natasha Wodak is coming back to, uh, to take a shot at getting her title back. Sasha Golish is back to defend it. Um, so, yeah, Hannah Benison actually isn't registered. So we're going to have a new... Uh, junior women's champ. Um, Sasha could repeat. We'll have a new open men's champion. Um, and then uh, Savannah Jordan won the youth women. She's moved up to junior, so we'll have a new winner there. And I'm not sure if Tyler Dozy, he's back in junior. I Again, I, I don't remember uh, the athletes' names down in, in those age groups, but certainly for the open categories, the races look look pretty strong and i expect to be the same for the youth and the junior as well or you 18 and you 20 that they're calling it now well you know speaking of those younger age groups um i saw that there's a couple local kids uh, uh scottish names can't can't remember it now I, th- I think they're part of your group <laughs> with a distinctive running style <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones those are the ones uh yep. you know yeah, no, it's actually going to be it's going to be nice to have uh have brana in the field 
um, again, you know, a very solid addition to the uh, to the physical open women's team. Um, with her and, and Claire and Julianne and Clara, and uh, we've got Molly Stair and Taylor Sills in there. They, they again, they've they've got a pretty solid team. But I think they want to they want to defend their the team title. They they like getting that check from uh, from Run Ottawa, receiving it from John Halverson each year. So. Um, yeah, and then Brogan in the uh, in the junior race again. She was second there last year to Hannah, and Hannah's not back this year. So, um, you know, we'll see how things go for Brogan on uh, on Saturday. You know, we talked about names, but uh, I think overall uh, there's an interesting story with uh, with the numbers and, and how they've kind of been increasing every single year. Is it, is it much of the same on that front as well, too? Uh, in terms of uh, overall numbers? That's correct, yes. Yeah, it it has increased slightly each year. I think the first year, it it capped out at around about 950 uh, registered athletes. Of course, the the if you look at the numbers from results, it's lower because there's a certain number that either don't show up or or don't finish. Last year, it hit about 960, and this year, I think right now it's around about 972 or so. I was I was really hoping it would crack a thousand but uh it it didn't happen so it's it's been it's increased slightly each year but it's it's essentially remained fairly fairly consistent and that's just for the three four championship races sorry it includes the masters race as well and then the community race has has grown quite a bit each year and um that's gonna come in well over 100 this year it's up to almost 90 now so when you add add everything together i think we'll be well over 1100 athletes in total registered for the event so not bad Uh, speaking of community um one thing that's always impressed me about uh about kingston is that it's a real running community uh talk to me about how the community has you know rallied around the this event and how they're helping out and uh you know maybe some businesses that are are you know pitching in and and offering to help out with this event yeah no we we certainly got a lot of help from from uh, some people around the community i mean the uh the local running clubs do promote it a bit to uh, to try and get people out to the community races uh not so much there's not many of the local athletes that run in the the championship races we have uh there are um like in the youth and junior and there's some that run in the uh there's there's a few that run in the masters races but uh the the masters age runners in kingston um, I'm not sure whether they're um, thinking that that's a little bit too challenging for them, but uh, but we also get uh, really good support from one of the uh, registered massage therapists here, um, Curtis Marlowe. He and two friends of his, uh, Dave Curvin and Ryan Darling, they're providing their services on site on Saturday at no charge. They'll have a, a tent set up and they'll be offering massage therapy services to anybody that wants them at, at no charge. They'll be there, except for... The community race because uh, um, uh, Curtis and Dave have a running challenge. They have to uh, compete against each other each year. But other than that, they'll they'll be working in there. So yeah. You, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the uh, the team race and what makes that so special um, with the, with the prizes and stuff. Uh, I'd like to hear a little bit bit more about that. Who's sponsoring it and uh, and just what's on the line. Yeah, no, that uh, that that's a really nice prize that we get to to to, to hand out each year, and that's uh, courtesy of Run Ottawa in uh, the the group in that puts on the Ottawa Race Weekend, the Tamarack uh, Marathon, and that. And uh, John Halverson is the one that uh, um, that came up with this idea of sponsoring uh, the team event for the Open category, and they provide a cash prize of two thousand dollars to the winning men's and women's team um and and he will be on hand uh to he's actually going to present some of the awards to the uh to the open winners and then he will be on hand to present them with their their check afterwards so that's that's a nice little bonus for the winning team to get for uh for two thousand dollars cash so i think that's you know I'd, i'd like to think that's helping draw in some of the athletes as well that you know maybe if there's one or two athletes coming from a club they might try and source out a couple more runners so that they can have a team in there and uh and see what happens somebody's going to walk away with that uh check so might as well take a shot at it just quickly how many times have you uh have you checked the weather since monday (laughs) 
Um, you know, it's funny. I guess I do look at it fairly often, but I also don't put much stock in, in long-term forecasts, and I consider anything beyond about two days long-term. So I, they just, they're just not very accurate. I mean, when I looked last week, it was a really high percentage of uh, chance of rain, and they were talking 5 to 10 millimeters, and I was like, ooh, that's a fair bit of rain. The, the first year we had it in uh, 2015, it rained. It didn't rain the day of the race, but it rained all day Friday. We got 20 millimeters of rain, and it just the setup and everything. It just it wasn't wasn't very nice, and and it was a little greasy out there. There were puddles out on the course on Saturday. <clears throat> Last year we didn't have any rain, but we had the snow before. So you know, right now five to 10 millimeters of rain, I was thinking, oh, that's just going to be a soggy day. And then, you know, you got to concern yourself with all the electronic equipment and all the volunteers that we're having out there for the day. It's, it's not going to be pleasant for them right now. They're they're It's dropped to about a 70% chance. And they're saying one to three millimeters of rain, one, one to three millimeters. Oh, God, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to jinx it, but that's <laughs> nothing. I didn't say that. <laughs> so, you know, and also, as I said, it's long-term it's going to change now that i've said that it's going to change for sure it's just a question of which way it's going to go uh, i'm going to bite my tongue on that one but we'll see what happens it is what it is it's cross country in canada at the end of november i mean seriously people know that's what it's going to be like when we one of the years we went out to vancouver the forecast before we went out there i checked it each day and they were supposed to get 40 millimeters of rain a day for five days in a row. And they did. And they got 50 the day of the race. And that was like, so whatever we get here is nothing compared <laughs> to what they got out there. That was just, well, it was like, I don't know if you watch the uh, the U Sports feed, but that's what it was like in Vancouver, um, except like what the rain that fell during the women's race, it rained like that all day and it rained like that for like five days in a row. So, yeah, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's relative. It could be wet. It could be muddy. It's cross country. You know, I mean, I I don't think there's anybody that's going to run in this race that, that isn't expecting it to be anything else. So we'll deal with it. Racing starts early in the morning on the 25th. Um, where can people go find out more information on, on this uh, sort of stuff? Um, well, you can look on Athletics Canada site. Uh, that's a good place to go and look for. Um, they have a link to the live feed. Uh, Runner Space is streaming it live starting at uh, just before nine. First race is the Masters race. goes off at nine o'clock. So, um, but if you want any more details about uh how to get to the course, parking, race kit pickup. We have our own website. It's uh, xcnationals.ca. And basically, hopefully, everything you need, uh, information about the different races, Masters, Junior, that's all on there. If not, there's links to, uh, to us so you can get a hold of us, and we will answer your questions. Finally, did you, uh, did you get rid of that hack announcer? Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know. He comes to a good price. <laughs> you know, we like to save money when we can. So um, you give the guy an after-party ticket and a free hotel room. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> so, no, I actually, we're having uh, um, the two on-site announcers are Kevin McKinnon and yours truly, Michael Rokas, uh, there for the day, providing uh, your background information and color commentary. And Jacob Cameron is coming in this year as our translator he'll be um throwing in the uh occasional pertinent announcement in french just so that we can keep everybody informed but no we're counting on you and kevin doing the uh the usual stellar job so i'm sure you're up for it it's happening on the 25th uh and if you need directions just go to the to the highest point in kingston uh it's all going down there at at fort henry of course and uh this has been clive morgan he is the race director of the Canadian cross country championships. And, uh, we really hope to see everybody there this Saturday. It's always an amazing event. Thanks for taking the time, Clive. Uh, now I guess you better get back to, I don't know, mowing the grass there or whatever. <laughs> uh, no, it's dark out now, but I do have a few more things I got to do. I'll go play on my computer for a while. Steve Fleck is a race announcer traveling worldwide to lend his pipes to everything from cycling to tries to running races. He'll be one of the voices you hear if you tune into the Runner Space stream this Saturday. 
A little bit of a warning, we did have some technical difficulties going into this. However, there is some good content, so listen up. So I'm going to start you out with a tough one here, Steve. Um, I've had this conversation with, with a bunch of different people, including Scott McDonald, uh, when he was with AC and uh, kind of their technical guy putting these together, uh, as well with Chris Moulton, uh, you know, with a bunch of different coaches and people who put on meets. The whole idea of making track and field and cross country and running more exciting for the fans. I figured you come at this one from a little bit different of a perspective than, than those folks do. How do you intend on, you know, bringing a certain amount of context so people are captivated when they watch cross country nationals this weekend? Well, I think the, with, uh, you know, runner space and, and the job that they're doing, I mean, I've been working uh, with them for three years now, uh, starting, I started the first uh, runner space uh, events I worked on, you know, with a partnership with uh, Athletics Canada was was off to cross country three years ago, uh, so or two years ago. This was this was the third cycle through it this year, and each year I've noticed that you know what the runner space people do, you know, behind the scenes gets more technically advanced. So more cameras, more angles, uh, better coverage, you know, on the course. Obviously, the course setup you know helps a lot, and that's what a real win is in Kingston uh, at the Fort Henry course because of the layout of that course and the way the land is, you know, falls away from the crown of where the start and the finish is, you can catch pretty much all of either the 2 and the 2.5K loops like on, on a couple of different cameras. So it, it really helps to have the cameras there, but the course design helps as well. Compare that to also, which they tend to run on a more traditional style of course where they have the kids start on an open field two or three hundred meters of open field running and then they disappear into the bush for you know whatever and then they appear out and they run two or three hundred meters to the finish line that's what i would consider more traditional cross country that's really hard to uh, to cover um with cameras in, in a video context for sure, for sure. So, you know, do you have anything planned, anything up your sleeve as far as uh, making sure that people who are watching the stream, uh, you know, keep watching it and feel entertained? Well, we try to, uh, you know, load up the, the broadcast with as much information as possible. I do quite a bit of uh, research. I'm going to be teamed up again with Michael Doyle. He's the editor-in-chief of uh, Canadian Running Magazine. Uh, Michael and I worked together last year. We had a great rapport. Um, Michael's very easygoing and, and, and deeply knowledgeable, uh, you, know, about, uh, you know, about the runners. Uh, the competitors, so we're hoping to provide as much background information as we can. You know, the youth races are, you know, fairly short. They're only 4K, so you know, it, it, it's over fairly quickly. You know, the junior, you know, men's and women's races are a little bit longer, so you need a little bit more filler. And then, of course, for the, um, you know, for the senior races, you know, now 10 kilometers, so you essentially have to come up with, you know, commentary um, and tidbits of information, anecdotes, etc. To fill in, you know, for the men, I'm just under 30 minutes of running, and for the women, you know, 32 to 35 minutes of, uh, of running. So you try and fill your mind with as much, you know, factual information as you can. Um, some of that is there sort of organically with, with both Michael and myself, and then, you know, others, for example, I've worked through, you know, a lot of the favorites, uh, done a bit of research on them, found out, you know, certain things. I just read an interview on CBC about uh, one of the women's favorites in the senior women's race, Natasha, you know, Wolodek, she's won this race. Two times before, and uh, she'd love for nothing to come back and uh, you know win it for a third time. But she's got her she's got her hands full. Oh, that's for sure. Not uh, not just one competitor. I'd say almost uh, you know probably maybe three or four legitimate chances at, at taking that uh, that national championship. You know, we've been lucky the past couple of years in that we've seen a lot of really great racing in Kingston. As you mentioned, you've you've worked with uh, Runner Space for the past couple of years uh, on this national event. Take a look at last year, though. You know, was there any event that really stood out for you? Anything that that is uh, sticking with you going into this year's event? I can't. I've covered so many. Forgive me, Michael. I can't recall. There's been 35 races and events this year that I've worked on in one shape or form. I, I can't remember. Um, you know, specifically, you know, an event from last year. I mean, certainly, you know, Ross Bradfoot winning the senior men's race for the second time in a row. Um, you know, that was significant. That doesn't happen a lot. Um, you know, in, in, in Canada, this race is such a, particularly for the seniors and even for the, you know, the juniors, it's such a, it's such a roll of the dice because none of these people, none of these same race fields with the same composition, this is the only time of the year that they actually assemble. So yes, there's favorites and you look on paper and you can, you know, we mentioned Natasha Wodek, you know, she's a Canadian 10,000 meter record holder on the track. She's won this race two times before. She's clearly a favorite. 
but you know she's not raced any of these other women yet this season so far. Um, you know the, the race favorite, another race favorite, uh, Sasha Golish. This is the first time that she and uh, Wodak will match up and, and run against one another in some time. So. And it's the same for the man. And just getting back to Podford, he's not even going to be able to run. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's out uh, with an injury. But his his performance last year was was impressive. Um, another one that sort of impressed me um, last year was another double winner. We had two double winners uh, last year. Uh, you have uh, Alison Daly in the in the June men's race. He came back and won it for a second time as well. Um, it's tough to defend, you know, a, a national championship title. And both uh, uh, Alison Daly and um, you know Podford were able to do that last year. That was that was impressive to me. And, of course, Ashley Dolish winning her first sort of true, you know, national championship was uh, was impressive as well. For sure, for sure. Just one small correction there. I will say that Rachel Cliff uh, did race against Wodak this summer, if you'll remember, uh, on the track in the 10,000 meter, which, you know, by all accounts is, uh, is definitely not cross-country. Uh, take a look at the field. You know, is there anyone who really stands out to you as, you know, a true blue dyed-in-the-wool cross-country runner? I mean, it's one thing to run fast on the, on the track, but who has the skills uh, when it comes to running on the dirt? That that person would, would almost for sure be a Claire Sumner uh, or Claire Sumner herself. I mean, Claire's not really shown on the track, you know, at all, um, you know, anywhere. She's not come anywhere close to the times that some of these other women have put up on the track. She is a real, like, cross-country runner. She loves um, the grittiness of cross-country, and she's always in there. In the last two years, I mean, she really had sort of a breakout, you know, year last year, you know, winning both the OUA and the U Sports crown this year. She came in, you know, in with some tough, you know, competition in, in the form of her own teammate, you know, Brandon McDougall, who was a transfer from a U.S. scholarship, uh, you know, coming in and finished second to McDougall at the OUs and then um, second to Gaulish, you know, at the um, at the U Sports. She probably, probably didn't realize that Sasha Gaulish was going to come in and, and run, you know, the race. You know, not really at the last minute. I think it was part of a, a grander plan. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Claire Sumner is, is I think, that runner – on the women's side in the senior women's race that is a real, you know, cross country runner and the track times uh don't really match up. Shifting over to the you know, to the men, um, you know, hard hard to know. I mean all these guys, you know, pretty good on the track, although, you know, an Eric Gillis, you know, for example, um, you know, he run some really strong times last year. 28-52 with a win at the, uh, the Vancouver Sun Run. That might have been his best sort of pure performance of the year. But, of course, you can't overlook the 10th place in the, in the marathon at the, at the Olympic Games. Uh, that's, that's a career highlight, you know, for anyone. Um, and the best sort of Canadian men's finish, you know, in the marathon at the Olympic Games in some time. So, yeah, I think Gillis could surprise, uh, you know, quite frankly. He could, be, he could be a surprise. And he loves cross-country. Uh, he told me that, even though he doesn't run it that much. For some of these guys, this is going to be their first, first cross-country race of the year. Um, they will have run on the roads, you know, race on the track, you know, through the summer. Um, but getting on the dirt and in the mud, this is going to be their first go at it uh, all season long. You have a, a bit of a unique uh, perspective in that uh, you got to cover um, offset for, for runner space as well, too, which a lot of those offset people then go on, run in the in the junior and in the youth categories. You know, when, when you're watching that, was there anyone who really stood out to you? Who should we be watching for in those uh, race categories come Saturday? Yeah, for sure. And and it's it's deep in both of uh, the junior or the U20 that uh, we're calling now um, men's and women's categories. Thomas Witzkowitz, you know, was the uh, was the offset winner. He won it going away very strongly. You know, Witzkowitz was he missed the whole of the cross country season last year in 2016 with an injury. Uh, but he's one of those guys who is, is a great um, you know cross country runner. He's one to uh, you know to definitely uh, look out for. But He's going to be up against some season, you know, competition. I mean, people like John uh, Simon Desgania from uh, from Quebec. He's the U20 3000 uh, meter steeplechase champion. He's a year older, so he's in. He's running for uh, Laval now, so he's in. Um, you know, he's in university. Uh, so there's great matchups there in the junior division where we still have some younger juniors who are still, you know, in high school, and then we have some older juniors who are, you know, already have graduated from high school or at the university level. And then we have some like, first-year juniors, like a young guy like Nick Moda, who is only 16, um, you know, but he could be up there as well. He, fin- he finished second uh, to Wickowitz at the, uh, at the Office of Senior Boys Race uh, a couple weeks ago. For sure. He- 
you know, I was uh, I was looking at your Twitter the other day, and uh, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, and I saw that you were in Kona uh, around the, the time of, of the big Ironman that happens there. Uh, what were you doing down there? You know, were you uh, were you taking in the sights? You know, getting a little extra context, and uh, did you sit around and get to watch the uh, Lionel Sanders take his uh, his big second? No, unfortunately, I, I I was there for some other work with uh, with some other clients uh, in the sort of marketing uh, media business uh, before Ironman, and then I left. I left uh, Kona a couple of days before the race to travel to uh, to New York City uh, to do some race announcing for the Rock and Roll Marathon. I have a contract with Rock and Roll Marathon, so I I left and traveled to Brooklyn and race announced at the um, uh, Brooklyn uh, Rock and Roll uh, Marathon. Uh, so it was, it was a long travel day to get to Brooklyn to do. Uh, five or six hours of work on the microphone at that uh, at that particular race. I didn't. I sorry. I uh, Michael. I forgot to mention that the junior uh, women, and of course the big favorite, uh, you know, in the junior uh, women, and we didn't see her at all. So it was a choice uh, for Brogan McDougal to not um, race, you know, a high school either track or cross country uh, season. That's a bit of a controversial, um, you know, choice on her part uh, by some people. Um, McDougal's a favorite. Shauna McCullough. Who set the um, the youth 3,000 meter uh, record uh, for um, Canadians uh, on the track in th- over 3,000 meters last year? Also a favorite, and then Cameron Ormond, uh, who won her third uh, OSA championship in cross country uh, with a win in the senior women's as a first year senior, uh, could be a factor uh, as well. And again, it's the same dynamic in the junior women's. You've got women who have moved on to say university, like a Savannah Jordan. Uh, from out east. Uh, she was 12th at the Youth Sports Championships. She was uh, the winner of the youth uh, race back uh, in 2016. So you're dealing with that sort of mixing of, you know, years of experience, uh, you know, in fitness in the um, the junior women's race. Uh, Martha McDonald as well is, is signed up. She was fourth in the race last year, um, and she's now on a scholarship at uh, Georgetown Racing uh, down in the NCAA uh, this year. So yeah, the junior women's race could be very interesting as well. Uh, big battle, I'm, I'm guessing, between McDougal, uh, McCullough, uh, Jordan, possibly Jocelyn Chow, um, Lily Tuck, who was uh, third also. It could be a factor as well. It could be you know five or six uh, junior women battling it out for um, the title there. You know, that leads to a good question. Um, you know, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the ultimate trump card is? when it comes to cross country as an experience, or do you think it's overall fitness? Uh, because it obviously it's a very tactical race, but you know, you do have to have that fitness as well. Absolutely. You, it, it's, it, it depends. I think, you know, in a senior race, um, we certainly see this, both the senior men's and women's races tend to be a race of, of, of attrition. The early pace typically is not very fast, like with all due respect. Um, you know, over the opening, you know, four or five, even six kilometers. And then a bit of a shakeout starts to occur. You start to see some of the favorites come to the fore and pressing uh, the pace a little bit. And then the race tends to get sort of winnowed down to that final um, four or five contenders. We certainly saw that in the women's race last year, um, less so when the men, Proudfoot, uh, was running very strongly. And then you you tend to not see... Um, a bit of a battle or any of a battle really over the last four or 500 meters. On this course, in Kingston, although there is a crook's point, you know, on this course with about 300 meters to go, uh, there's a very short, sharp, steep hill uh, that they have to negotiate. And if you're with another runner at that point in time, it could be critical. That's actually where Natasha Wodak won it uh, two years ago from Rachel Hanna, who had gone out on a flyer with about 500 meters to go. And it was on that little hill that uh, Wodak uh, came back on her and uh, got the win. For sure, for sure. You mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, you've covered a bunch of different race, uh, races this year uh, as, as a live announcer. Uh, tell me, what, what's been the uh, the coolest gig that you've had this year, and uh, what are some of the cool things that you've seen on the, on the race courses? Oh, it, it's been a lot of races, as I mentioned, Michael, but probably for me, um, the most rewarding and moving uh, work that I did this year was at the Invictus Games. I, I was hired to help out with the commentary for cycling, uh, at the Invictus Games in Toronto, and some of the stories, you know, of of the athletes and the competitors, their journey back from in what many cases are horrific, uh, life-altering, you know, injuries uh, was incredibly moving. And, and interviewing them, you know, before and after, I've I've never been that emotional about this work. As an announcer, you tend to sort of distance yourself from it. You're a commentator. You're a professional. You're 
um, you know, you're delivering information, knowledge, engagement, you know, entertainment to the, to the viewers and the listeners. And you, you tend to be sort of somewhat emotionally detached from what's going on. That was the first time I've ever done this work where I was, you know, almost in tears, um, you know, in interviewing uh, these, these competitors because of knowing their stories and knowing what they came back from to compete and be there in Toronto at the Invictus Games was, was extraordinary. So by far it was this year for me, it was, it was the Invictus Games um, that was sort of the high point. This Saturday, uh, you know, it's it's always a couple degrees cooler when it, when you come to that to, to that Fort Hill up there. Um, you're going to be outside all day. I'm going to be outside all day. Um, you just told yeah. me that, that you have a little bit of a head cold going on, making this question all the more important. But how does Steve Fleck stay warm in temperatures like that? Uh, lots of layers. I've got a big uh, puffy down uh, down jacket, um, long underwear. Uh, I got these big, ugly hunting boots that I put on my feet to uh, uh, keep my feet warm. And yeah, usually I'm I'm okay. Offset, it got a little chilly towards the end. The temperature offset actually dropped throughout the day. We started the day three or four degrees, and then we finished the day around zero, and it was snowing uh, for the final race. The senior boys, big fluffy snowflakes started to come down. Fortunately, the forecast for uh, both tomorrow, Friday, which is when we'll be doing course uh, recon, and uh, we'll be doing some pre-race uh, interviews of some of the favorites uh, tomorrow afternoon live from the course. Um, it's supposed to be 8 and sunny, and then we're expecting 8 uh, degrees again for a high and a uh, chance of rain on, uh, on Saturday on race day. So it was reasonably warm, and I'm putting quotation marks around the, uh, the word warm <laughs> on Saturday for the race. You know, just uh, a couple more questions out of you. Um, but I want you to take this time, you know, plug yourself. Where can people watch you this Saturday, and how can people get in touch with you uh, for race events or uh, general comments, concerns, uh, not so much complaints, but comments and concerns? <laughs> the, um, the race will be streamed uh, live from the uh, Athletics Canada website. Uh, there's a link. If you go to the Athletics Canada uh, .ca uh, website, there's a link to ACTV. So you can just click on there and it'll take you right to the link. It's also being streamed live, uh, and we're very pleased uh, of this, and we, we thank CBC Sports uh, a ton about this. We have a cooperative effort between Athletics Canada, uh, Runner Space, and, um, and CBC. It will, you can also watch it streamed. It'll be myself. It'll be the same commentary. Everything is the same. But you can also watch it live on the cbcsports.com uh, website on their streaming uh, video page. In terms of reaching me uh, for comments, queries, uh, critiques, input, etc. Twitter is probably the best. You can find me uh, at Steve Fleck, um, and I welcome you know input on on race day. Let us know uh, how we're doing. And of course, complaints can be directed towards Kevin underscore McKinnon. I'm just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. Um, Steve, always appreciate it. Uh, always, always enjoy having you on the show, and uh, look forward to seeing you on uh, on Saturday. I'm sure we'll bump uh, bump into each other for sure. Like I said, thanks a lot for, yes, for being, being on the show this week. Yes, thank you, Michael, uh, for your time and best wishes to you and uh, Kevin uh, McKinnon with the, uh, the live uh, PA announcing it's uh, a valuable and important role as well. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Steve, Clive, and Claire, as well as Draggy for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at the Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, Draggy.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.